You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Okay, guys, I am here with a guest I am supremely excited to introduce you to. This has been a long time in the coming, and I'll tell you, I tried to get this individual to come on my program months and months ago, but he is busy, busy, busy. And, um, you know, (laughs) it has finally worked out that we have made it happen, (laughs) and we are bringing to you Dr. Stephen Duncan. Now, he is the founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers in Plano, Texas. He practices naturopathic medicine. He's a doctor of chiropathy. He has his PhD in sacred philosophy. He has a doctor of pastoral science from the Pastoral Medical Association. And on top of all of that, he is also an ordained minister. He's been practicing for over 20 years and works with clients that have been through the medical system with little to no results. Many of his clients arrive at his offices, sometimes with little to no hope of recovery and with success. He has resolved dilemmas with, get this, practitioner-grade supplements, herbs, and remedies. Um, Wow. Dr. Stephen Duncan, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, thank you. I'm I'm very pleased to be here. I'm blessed to be here, actually. Now, I'm going to give this information out at the end of the program, but folks, if uh, you have a desire to uh, connect with Dr. Stephen Duncan, um, his, his again, he is the founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers. They have a phone number, 972 Five, five. Now, one of the most interesting things, and I just have to throw this testimony out here right at the outset. Uh, I met Dr. Duncan through a mutual friend and um, someone that both of us have sat down with. And Dr. Duncan is the individual that took two blood samples from the same individual and recorded medically that there were two different uh blood types in that same individual and this was an individual that has been through programming and since most of you that listen to this program know exactly what I'm talking about um, I'm just going to say uh, I I was floored when I saw the results of that and um, we have oh my gosh so many interesting things to talk about you know Dr. Steve I, I just want to get started with your journey first of all to naturopathic medicine how long's your show? <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, we could go as long as we need to. <laughs> uh, it's quite a journey. Well, <clears throat> let's start with uh, let me start with my, my testimony. Okay, so um, you know, I was I was raised uh, in a Southern Baptist home, community, family, neighborhood, school, etc. Um, around age uh, eleven. Um, I, I don't remember the sermon, but I remember the vow, inner vow that I made at the end of that uh, sermon that Sunday. And I was, I, was, I was brought through the church during the fire and brimstone age. So, uh, uh, so anyway, this particular sermon really affected me. And I remember coming out of the church saying, well, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell having a good time. 
So that was age 11. <laughs> By age 12, um, you know, obviously the devil was just, the enemy was just there waiting for me. And, um, and so by age 12, I began dabbling in cigarettes and alcohol, and uh, that led to uh, experimentation with drugs. By the time I was 14, I was an everyday drug user. By the time I was 16, uh, it was a lifestyle that I was consumed by. I was trapped in, and, um, you know, and, I, and I ran that way until age 26. Um, in and out of jail and just uh, busted in several states and just, you know, the whole story, it was it was uh, just just a, a horrifying story, actually. Um, and then <clears throat> at age 26, um, I uh, had reached a stage in my life where I was literally homicidal or suicidal. I mean, I didn't care if I killed you or you killed me. One or the other was going to happen, and hopefully you were going to kill me because I had reached a place of total desperation in life, and, and I really didn't know any other way out. I did not know that um, there was any reprieve for me. Um, I had lost... Uh, all connection with um, with any you know s- spiritual connection whatsoever. I was on the street, abandoned from family, and and had you know literally living on the street. And <clears throat> so, a form of intervention took place in my life, and and uh, I wound up going to a twelve step meeting. Um, and in that twelve step meeting, and and although I didn't know it then, I know it now. Um, I became convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I went into this very cathartic experience. It was very emotional. Um, it was like my whole degradation of life um, through drugs and all of that involved uh, began fat flashing before my eyes. And by the time I left that meeting, I was um, I was just uh, crying hysterically, and I was just becoming undone. And uh, the meeting took place in a church that was up the alley from my parents' house, uh, which was rather ironic. But um, anyway, I began walking down the alley uh, back to my parents' house, and I just sat down on the um, sat down. I got a call coming. Sorry, sat down on the uh, ground, and I was rolling around on the ground, and I had pardon expression snot, tears, and dirt all over me. And I looked up in the sky, and I just cried out. You know, I just cried out to the Lord. I said, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you if you care. I don't know if you love me, hate me, whatever. Um, but I cannot do what those people want me to do, which they were asking me for a 30-day commitment to stay, to stay clean. And I, I couldn't do it. The only way I ever stayed clean through that 14 years is if I was in jail. And I had an encounter with Jesus. And um, basically, he, he touched me and healed me. That was December 28, 1982. The next day... December 28, 1982, was the first sober breath that I drew, and uh, this December 28th uh, uh, of 2017 will be 35 years um, clean. I never, ever used another chemical from that day moving forward. Um, I tried <clears throat> going back into the church, and I had a lot of, um, a lot of religious baggage. I had a lot of wounds. Uh, had a lot of curses in the bloodline, obviously, that kept me out of the church. So the enemy managed to manipulate me for about 25 years in, in, in that recovery process. Mm-hmm. All through that process, I, I felt extremely spiritually bankrupt. And I always felt disconnected and like I didn't belong, even though I had been touched and I didn't use the drugs. You know, I was still had this 
um, disenfranchisement with, you know, with the Lord. And then around 25 years, there was a, a trauma that took place in my life. And uh, once again, I hit my knees and went through the same experience again. And, and the Lord met me where I was, and um, he, he, he touched me again. And this time, uh, he began to um, surround me with um, spirit-led, spirit-filled uh, people that helped pull me out of uh, my um, place of emptiness and darkness. And, um, you know, I became filled with the Holy Spirit and began, um, you know, uh, the journey that I'm on today, which is, um, you know, it's been 10 years now walking with the Lord. But prior to that, um, I became a counselor and worked in the chemical dependency industry. Um, And I had uh, people around me that said, you know, you're brilliant. And what you, you're so accurate with what you do, which, you know, I had, a, I had an anointing, um, although I wasn't using it to honor, to glorify God. We still get our gifts, and, you know, it's up to us how we use them. But, but that anointing allowed me to see into and beyond people. So I could read their mail, basically, and their family's mail when, when they would come in in crisis with a teenage drug addict or whatever. So they decided that, <clears throat> they said, you need credentials. So I decided to go to med school to become a psychiatrist. By the time I finished pre-med, I knew in my knower, um, and I didn't know that I had a knower, but I knew in my knower that um, that there was no way that people were going to ever get healed um, under that philosophy of so-called healing because it was medication-driven um, and there was no truth in it. Um, you know, it was false. It was suppression of issues and um, you know, putting people in, basically in the psychiatric field, you put them in a, a medically uh, induced kind of zombie state where they don't, they're devoid of feelings and everything else as, as a means to cure them, if you will, of, of their ailments and what was going on. And I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go any further. So after I finished pre-med, I left that and uh, basically uh, went, went into the desert, if you will, and went through a process and um, at, at one point, I started a, a landscape company, and <clears throat> when I would put chemicals down on the yards, I got really sick. Um, and it took me a little while to make the correlation between putting these fertilizers and these chemicals, these pesticides and herbicides down, and and me getting getting sick. But after about a year of doing that, I, suddenly the, the light went off, and I realized that there was a correlation between the two. So I, I didn't really know what to do. So um, I went to the Dallas Arboretum and spoke with some of the landscape people that worked there at the Arboretum, and they suggested that I try uh, organic landscaping. Well, I didn't know anything about that. I had no clue what they were talking about. Um, So I began to be mentored uh, about using natural solutions to um, uh, creating uh, healthy lawns and and flowers and and dealing with, uh, you know, pests and stuff like that. Um, and so I started doing that. Well, my landscape company just, it just jumped off the chart. I mean, I had the best properties and the best yards, you know, in the neighborhoods and in the, you know, in the, the, the uh, professional properties that I did, the apartment complexes and the business and all, they were popping and I could put these things down anytime I wanted to, and there was no impact on my health. So that basically laid the foundation for me to understand, uh, or prepare me for natural health. So you know, can I say God works in strange and mysterious ways? God works in strange and mysterious ways. 
Um, so fast forward to that after about three years in that industry, um, I, um, you know, the business was just, it was wearing me out because I had so much business. And so I sold the company and then it was, uh, what am I going to do now? And one day I was sitting at a red light and I looked up and there was a massage school there. And I thought, well, you know, I like massage. I like getting massage. So let me go see what this is all about. So I went in there, I thinking that I'd be in and out of the door in 15 minutes. I wound up being there for a couple hours and had another one of those kind of eye opening experiences. And I wound up enrolling in massage school. And that's where, um, the Lord really, really met me. It was in a pagan environment because most of those people were new age and kind of woo woo people. And, you know, they were all about the universe and, and all that kind of stuff and, 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 and the spirit and all that. And, and nobody talked about Jesus or the Lord or anything like that, but you know, God will meet you wherever you are. That's, that is hmm. the, the, the big truth that an, an encounter that I've had with him, that he has always come and met me wherever I was. Um, so in that environment, the body began to open up to me in a way that it never did in med school. And I began to see things <clears throat> about the body, the human body, and how stress affected it, and um, how diet was important, and, and began to kind of, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about supplements and, and herbs and stuff like that, just enough to, um, you know, to kind of moisten my appetite, if you will. Um, so by the time I got through massage school uh, and started advanced studies, I had um, started trying some natural therapies on my, on my own, uh, you know, because I had some issues of my own that needed needed correcting. And um, so I started detoxing really hard because I didn't really know what I was doing and the people that I was working with really didn't know what, what they were doing and so they couldn't explain the things that were going on in my body. Um, and there was a girl in the class that said, well, you should try my doctor. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do doctors. I'm opposed to doctors. She says, no, he's different. He's a nat- natu- naturopathic doctor. So I was like, what a concept. So anyway, I went to see him. <clears throat> he did my blood analysis. Um, he put me on the blood type diet. He basically read my mail through the blood, not, not in the same way that I do, but in a different way. And that was the springboard for me. And so as I was finishing um, the advanced studies in massage, I began uh, my journey in, in, in naturopathic medicine. And so just connecting the dots, um, I started a massage practice Practice that very quickly converted into uh, a naturopathic practice. And um, and that's kind of where I am today. And, and so about four years into it, I was really frustrated because people, I wasn't seeing people um, get healed the way I thought they should get healed. Um, and so I went to um, a blood uh, blood analysis school in Chicago and went through their training, and that's where things really began to transition. And about, oh, maybe a year and a half or two years into microscopy, um, I began seeing elements in the blood that I couldn't explain. Um, and um, so <clears throat> I started researching more and more, um, and I would see these pictures and, you know, I could identify broken bones and, um, you know, issues with teeth because of the way that it would imprint in the blood. But it wasn't until, um, you know, I came to the father and, um, was delivered from, um, the paganistic aspect of what I do today. And, and it was brought into and laid down at the cross that, that the Lord began to show me, um, more stuff that we'll probably talk about here in a bit uh, through the blood. So 
that's my kind of one-on-one story of how I evolved um, into what I do today. So That is quite a story. Wow. So you went from drugs to deliverance to med, well, pre-med school and towards a psychiatry degree as a yeah. uh, profession when you realized, whoa, this isn't going to work. So you went from that to landscaping. Now that's a mega shift. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just sitting here like, whoa, wow. Um, you know, and this is the thing, Dr. Duncan, would you know, I was pre-med psychology when I started school. Oh, wow. I started huh. pre-med psych. I dropped it after the first quarter. I said, I hate psych. This this does never going to work. I, I took psychology 101. I was like, these people are idiots. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. I, and and I, I went a different tra- I actually wound up switching over to microbiology. But I just think that's so interesting. And... And then, so you go into landscaping, which is extremely successful for you. Three years, yeah. you sell the company, uh, and 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 now you're twiddling your thumbs, probably on a pile of cash. And and so you go to massage school, um, which leads you to naturopathic medicine. I mean, I can see God through this whole thing. It's just amazing. And so now uh, you, you kind of landed this on the blood analysis thing. And I cannot wait to let you start talking about that because this, Dr. Duncan, is so profound. And I've seen how you do what you do because I've sat in on, you know, one of your client sessions. And um, I, I, goodness gracious, the way you are able to see things in people's blood is mind-blowing. So go ahead and... Um, Begin fleshing this out for me. God delivers you from pagan components of, you know, what goes behind some of the science. And and then he opens you up to kingdom revelation. Uh, God downloads. What do you begin looking at, seeing and working with? Well, so so the the blood analysis school, they, they taught us three fields, if you will. There's the bright field, the dark field, and then what's called the dry layer. Um, so the dry layer, um, if you want to look at, if you want to look at, let's look at this from a scriptural standpoint. And I'm, 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 I apologize to the listeners. I'm not an address guy, but I do know, I, I'll paraphrase and do know the word. So, so Grandfather Moses said, you know, life is in the blood. So if life is in the blood, um, you, you also have uh, John 10:10, 10, 10, where, the, where the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You have death in the blood. So for me, that that death uh, aspect, or the kills, kills, steal, and destroy, has to do with um, bloodline curses, sins of the father. I, I don't believe in genetics. You know, when I listen to uh, medical lectures and stuff like that, which I'll do from time to time, and everything is epigenetics and genetics. You know, that's what everybody's talking about. Well, you know, there's not a scriptural reference for that, but but the but the scripture does say that the sins of the father will be cast to the third and fourth generation. So how you know how does that happen? Well, there has to be a mark. I mean, there's even scripture that says you know uh, we are known because we are marked by God. We are, you know he you know we we know that Jesus talks about you know my sheep know my voice uh, you know because there there's that we are marked you know we're called to other. 
you're either sons of perdition, what Jesus talks about, you know, which are your sons of the enemy, you know, are your sons and daughters of God. So, so there is an imprint in us where we recognize the voice of God, whether we're walking with him or not. I mean, I can tell you that I saw, I had visions, uh, I had dreams, uh, I, had a, I had prophetic voice and stuff that came out of me long before I knew the true source of that. Okay, so so you know, if God knew us before we were in our womb, our mother's womb, He had a relationship with us. He He sent us here with a mission, and so because that seed is within us, when the the perfect moment comes and God stands before us, we're going to respond to that. All right, so let's go back to sins of the father will be cast to the third and fourth generation. Dry layer blood for me is a blueprint of the life experience. Not only is it the blueprint of a person's life experience, but it is a imprint of what's taken place back for up to four generations and further back. Now, <clears throat> this was not um, something I that I just... sat one day and looked at it and, you know, because I have all this great wisdom and knowledge, I've got three doctorates, and so I'm just really full of myself, and I can figure this stuff out. That's not how it happened. I started seeing pictures in the blood, and I, you know, once I came to the Holy Spirit, I would see these things, and I would say, what is this? And I would, was prompted by the Holy Spirit, ask this question. And so I would ask them, I would say, I would ask the, a question. And I got an immediate response most of the time um, that confirmed what I was seeing in the blood. So <clears throat> I could see phallic symbols in the blood. When I saw those, I knew that there was sexual trauma that had taken place in this male or female's uh, uh, life. And so I would ask questions along those lines. And sometimes the, the pictures are so obviously graphic. I mean, there's no mistaking what you're looking at. I also began seeing things that look like eyes. And so, and sometimes they're, they're almost anatomically perfect, but then sometimes they're not. Sometimes they look reptilian. Sometimes they look like an eyeball, you know, of, of a person. Um, but I've seen enough of the formations that when I see these certain imprints in the blood, then I know that what that represents is witchcraft. So I began asking questions about Freemasonry or, or whatever, because that's the things that I've learned over time uh, of doing this and, and working with the blood. I, I still can see, you know, I can see broken bones. I, I've got a couple of pictures. Um, <clears throat> the most recent one happened this year um, of it, in the dry layer that it looks like a horse's head that turned into a snake. And so this woman was in my office. She was in her uh, mid to late 40s, uh, never been married. Um, she was, um, and of course, I didn't know any of this. I mean, I knew that she'd never been married, but I, I you know, when I saw the picture of the horse's head, I, I turned to her and I said, have you ever had an, uh, a negative experience with a horse? And uh, of course, her eyes watered up and she said, yes. She said, when I was uh, 12 or 13 years old, she said, I was, uh, you know, I was working with a horse trainer and I was riding my horse, you know, and doing this thing. We came up on this snake and, and the horse threw me off and, and, and the, and the, and the guy, the male trainer was, um, not very compassionate. He was kind of a hard man. And, uh, and he just kind of brushed it off and told her to get back on the horse and ride and, you know, and just take it, you know, kind of take it like a man. He said that to a 12 or 13 year old girl, you know, and, um, so what happened was 
Um, so this horse became a snake in her life. It became a, 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 a demonic open door um, that sabotaged um, <clears throat> relationships in her life. Um, she would constantly get involved with, with men that were uh, dominating, uh, that were, um, you know, that uh, tried to control and manipulate her, uh, which prevented her from, uh, you know, getting married and, and, and prevented her from, from achieving what God had intended for her to achieve in this world. And so those are the types of pictures and things that show up. And so depending on, um, I'll get four impressions of the dry layer of blood. So each drop will represent, uh, I divide the four drops into the person's age so I can tell them, you know, when this happened, but it also represents generations. So I can go back to, you know, I can say, you know, the first generation, second, third, fourth generation, or maybe four generations and further back. Uh, it just really depends. But that's really how this evolved. And since I've been doing it for a long time now, you know, I also, and I have, uh, you know, I have a, a kind of a, a seeing, hearing, anointing as well, and and so I, I when people come in, and you know, uh, as I'm sitting down to start the blood, I'm already getting, you know, information from the Holy Spirit. I'm already seeing and hearing stuff, and and then that gets confirmed in the blood. So when people see that, um, then it allows. It, number one, it validates whatever they're going through. Um, it helps them get clarity about. Um, that even though you may um, be a believer and walk with the Lord, that if that because of generational issues, that there can be open doors in your life. It may not have anything to do with your own personal walk in sin, but there is still contractual law that allows the enemy to come against you, and and that really helps me help them understand and undo religious confusion about what the cross is about in our life and and um and and so that they can go on and get inner healing and deliverance and achieve you know what god fully intended for them to achieve okay so now you know what i'm talking about folks this is this is it this is right here what you're saying dr stephen duncan is that when the bible says the life is in the blood it it's very, very accurately stating that there are markers that can be observed in the blood that reveal generational sins, bondages, broken bones, things pertaining to our life, experiences, and more. Yes. Well, yes. And so, like, when I see bones, you know, uh. where's the scriptural reference to that? It's the Valley of Dry Bones, right? And what God had to do was, you know, that we had to... The, the prophet had to breathe life back into the bones. You know, bones are about, uh, uh, dry bones are about uh, resentment, unforgiveness, those kind of things. So, so I tie all of it into, um, you know, a scriptural reference to help people understand and give them more flavor to God's Word. I mean, there's so much, and even the Word says, there's so much that we don't know and understand and have not seen. Um, uh, you know, and again, you know, I would love to, to, to talk about how brilliant I am and I deduced all this, but I take no credit for this because this was not something that I was searching for or seeking out uh, or praying about and saying, God, you know, give me this so I can help your people. It was not, I mean, it was like 
stuff started happening and I started asking questions. It's just what I do in my daily life. Something happened and I go, God, what does this mean? What do you want me to do? You know, how do, how do I serve you in this, in this capacity? And I'll tell you that, that <clears throat> because I ran a new age practice, I had a lot of concern about continuing in my walk um, because of the, even in the church, the, you know, the, the spin on uh, natural health and stuff like that, that people automatically assume that it's new age and it's not of God and, and those kind of things. And sometimes, well, when I really first started doing it, I had to kind of to undo a lot of that um, confusion, you know, with people. Not so much now because I have a reputation now um, and, uh, and people really have, you know, experienced my work and, and know who I am and where I walk and, and, you know, I'm not a false prophet, uh, you know, um, and, and I certainly would not have anything in my practice or do anything in my practice if the Lord hadn't given me the go. Um, and, and let me say this, my wife and I, because my wife and I pray a lot about, um, our, our practice and, and Kim is my, she's my warrior. She's, you know, behind every every man is a really, really good woman that makes the man look even better, and that's my wife, Kim. I want to give her props because she is she is a prophetic warrior and a powerful intercessor, and uh, any decisions that we make about the house of Gilead, you know, we seek the Lord before I bring anything in, um, you know, before we're going to put our name on it, and and I'll 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 tell I'll come come home and say, honey, I need you to pray about this. I need you to really seek the Lord on this because she'll she'll go to war all day long on it, um, and go to prayer all day long, and then we come back together after we've both sought the Lord on it and share what we get, and and use that as a guide to to what we do moving forward. So so you don't see her in the office, but but folks, you need to know. Um, that if you're a patient at our clinic, um, you're on her list, um, people will get highlighted and she'll start asking questions. What about this person? Or I saw this person in the spirit. What about them? And, and we talk about that and she, she goes into prayer and wars on their behalf. And, uh, so, you know, I know I'm, I'm on the front line, but, but it's really a team approach and the Lord really put a powerful woman with me to, to, to help me through this process. So, um, I, I, I could not go through this uh, interview without uh, without letting letting people know that it ain't just me; it's her, and and uh, we join together and and uh, on on each patient's behalf. And um, uh, but anyway, so so <clears throat> if I may have a little bit of latitude here, uh, Dan, I, the the, uh, the analogy that I use with with what shows up in the bloodline is the story of David and Goliath, and I know that. The one-on-one teaching of David and Goliath was David was a shepherd in the field. Nobody knew who he was. Goliath was basically a stronghold over the over the Israelites. Okay, I mean, let's just say he held them captive, right? And that's what strongholds are about—is captivity. Um, and so, you know, David David heeded the call and and stood up and he and he took Goliath out and he beheaded him. And when he did, the Philistines fled because Goliath said, "If you kill me and take my head, then this army will flee." So that's really the story of having strongholds in our life. If you look at that scripture a little bit different, differently, it's about deliverance. Because were not the Israelites delivered once Goliath was eliminated? Okay, were they not set free? Yes, they were. Um, and so, so when I talk about witchcraft, I tell people, look, if you've got sin in the bloodline, there is a stronghold in your life. It's an open door. It may not have anything to do with your sin, but the sin of the fathers before you is there. 
And though even though you're covered by the blood, and just like Job, God said, have you considered my servant Job? You can have everything from him, but you can't kill him. You know, and the enemy took, came against him and took everything, but he still stood and praised the Lord. He had moments of weaknesses, but at, at the end of the day, he was still praising the Lord. And in the end, he got set free um, and got double portion, right? And so, so in that story, we understand that, that man has to be processed, you know? Jesus said John brought the baptism of water, and what, what did Jesus bring? The baptism of fire, right? So we all got to go through the fire. You know, we all have stuff to clean up. And so this is another way uh, <clears throat> that, the, that the Lord has used me to reveal this to his children to say, I love you, and we still got work to do. And it gets revealed through the blood, and I can, you know, I can talk to people about it. We can pray about it. We have a, a beautiful inner healing and deliverance team that we work um, and uh, that work with, that understand my work, they understand when, when people come and bring them a card and say, well, he's on this in the second layer and this in the third layer and this in the fourth layer of my dry blood, they know exactly what to do, and they seek the Holy Spirit. Um, and we began working with them to, what did Jesus come to do? He came to set the captives free. Hey, a lot of people want to make a spin on that, that that has to do with people outside the church, but you know and I know there are many, 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 many people inside the church. They're living in captivity. Mm -hmm. And so set the captives free, that's a world commission, mm. not just a sinner's commission. It's a world commission. And uh, so in the Bible, the Scripture says that the accuser stands in the heavenly court and petitions for your soul day and night. A petition is a worded document. It's a legal document. And so, Dan, I know you know that the court, the heavenly court, there's heavenly court, and it operates in a legalistic system. And if the enemy has rights, he can stand and petition. That's what the word says. So there is language to a bloodline that needs to be cleared. There's actions of a bloodline that needs to be cleared. The enemy has the list, not God, the enemy. He's the one that takes notes and keeps the list and said, yes, but on this day and at this time, this family did this. Okay, and that's the petition. So that symbology in some form has been revealed to me by the Holy Spirit in the dry layer blood. And those are the things that we that we're able to give to um, the clients that come in, the patients that come in who are, you know, they're they're walking in the right place. But yet they're having all this stuff come against them and they don't understand why. And so therefore, when it gets revealed through the blood. We're able to show them what it is. They go and they seek inner healing. Um, you know, I know that you and I have worked together on a particular case, um, and you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, and this particular case started as an A blood type and is now an O blood type. That's the one and only time I've ever seen that. But my gosh, what a transformation. It took Romans 12 to a whole other level for me. I mean, when I saw that happen, and of course you had told me, well, I've heard about this before. I'd never seen it before, but I can say now, today, I've, I've seen it in this one particular case. And, uh, and so definitely this person has been transformed because of all the work that they've done with you and, my, and the deliverance team that we use. And, and so we just praise God for that and, and praise God for, her, for that individual's freedom and and uh but it's well and if it, i can it, just it, add it's because it's such a praise report and you know i love this individual dearly uh the cancer content of their blood gone that yeah they got healed from cancer in the process of 
this whole thing that their journey it, it, it is just such a praise god thing and um <laughs> I, I i love this about you dr duncan that you see and model your approach around the reality that physical symptomology in the body and blood ties directly into the spirit world yes yeah well you know uh we're beings of light. That's what the, the Bible says. If you think about blood, blood is just congealed light. Mm. Um, I've talked to people about about Jesus, um, you know, that, that God became, Jesus, God became man, or the Son of God, Jesus, became man. And, it, and the Word talks about he stepped down. Um, and so I talk about stepping down. If you, you understand that our God is quantum physics. Now, people hear that and they go, oh, he's, you know, what is he... Uh, He's trying to mix science and well, look, God is if God is the author of all things, then God is the author of all things. Now, the the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he takes what God intended for righteousness and perverts it. Okay? So, um, but but God is frequency. He God tells us, He commands us, call things or not as if they are. Okay? So if you're that's quantum physics. <laughs> you're <laughs> taking something that doesn't exist and calling it forth into existence. Read Genesis. God spoke, and what happened? Chaos became order. Light became, you know, darkness became light. He separated light from dark, called it day and night. We can go all through Genesis, and it's, it's God speaking his voice. The frequency of his voice shifted the atmosphere, and things began to, to be manifested. He called things that weren't as if they are, Right. So we, so you know, we have that power and we have we have that authority, and so we have to understand that. And that's and and kind of the door that I'm opening here is is God's pharmacy. He told us in Eden that everything that we needed was in the garden, right? So, so <clears throat> there's a scripture that says that the that the uh, the uh, that the uh, least of the tree will heal the nations, and you can you can that's metaphor. You can you can you can spin that a lot of different ways. I choose to use that uh, in my practice uh, as that th that the, the the fruit of the tree or the leaves of the tree or the tree itself represents a healing model that can heal the world because God has given us everything in the earth um, to utilize to restore and to maintain our bodies. So I'm going to tell you that I don't take responsibility for healing anybody, uh, and I know that. People have come to me with these diagnoses and these disease models out of the medical field. Um, they've been given no hope. Um, they've been told that they're advanced stages and they just need to go home and prepare to die. What I tell people is, the first, one of the first questions I ask them when they come in the door with that situation is, are you committed to living or are you committed to dying? Because hmm. it's a decision, it's a choice. It's a choice between you and your maker if you're gonna stay or not. Um, so if they say, no, I've, I've, you know, I've got reason to live, then, then we have something to work with. If they can't come up with a reason to live, then I give them the option to find one, um, or then we need, to, you know, we need to approach this in a different way. But the body is so incredible. This vessel that God created, um, and it just, it just cracks me up that you know, there's this evolution theology that we climbed out, climbed out of some swampy marsh 
and, and became <laughs> human form. I'm like, really? What are you smoking? You know, I mean, I mean, the, the body is so complex and so miraculous. Most of the people, well, <clears throat> people that are in a, and I'm going to hyphenate this word, dis-ease model, not a disease model, but a dis-ease model means that that they are out of balance. They're out of harmony in the spirit, in the mind, in the soul. Um, and so at the House of Gilead, which that was not a name that I choose, that was given to me in spirit. My wife and I were looking at a building and we were walking the property and declaring the property because that's where we thought we were supposed to move. Really and truly, the only reason why we were there was because the Lord needed to give me the name of what he wanted to call his business. And it was the house of Gilead. I saw it in the spirit on the facade of the building. There was nothing written there, but I looked up and I saw the house of Gilead. And I turned to my wife and I said, oh, my gosh, I just got a name for our, for our business. It's the house of Gilead. And um, I went home and did a word search on. And, of course, everybody knows the bomb of Gilead in the Bible. Well, that translated to healing, healing bomb. But the city of Gilead, where it came from, translated to joy. So the Lord gave us the house of joy and healing. That's what the house of Gilead is. And that's what, you know, people have lost the sweetness of life. They have lost their, they feel like God has abandoned them. Uh, why is God doing this to me? Those are valid questions that people come in the door. You know, whenever there's stuff going wrong and, and people are walking in faith and they think that, well, God's doing this to me. Why is God doing this to me? And I say, no, God is not doing that to you. There's open doors and the enemy is coming against you. God is covering you. He's led you here or leads you wherever you go to get your healing and get resolved. Um, so I know I chased a rabbit there. But <clears throat> so back to frequency, herbs, uh, supplements, uh, remedies all have frequency. And they're about retuning or reminding the body of what it's supposed to do. Our bodies are designed to heal us and restore us on a daily basis. And because of misunderstanding um, because of buying into the lies of the enemy um, because of processed foods and chemical toxicity and and uh, now my wife and I went to breakfast this morning I looked up in the sky and there was a checkerboard sky I said look look at the chemtrails I know what's going to happen now over the next the next seven to ten days I'm going to have all these people coming in with these you know, colds and flus and asthma flare-ups because, you know, the jets have been laying chemtrails in the atmosphere, and that's a whole other talk. But anyway, but so my my job uh, as, as a Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit practitioner is to help people remember who they are, mm -hmm. um, to use these remedies and, and to correct their diet so that their bodies can remember what God seeded into them, the blueprint that they gave them, the, the immune system, the restoration of cells, the regeneration of cells, the regeneration of tissue. The body has been turned off. It's forgotten how to do that. And that, so we use the right remedy at the right dose in the right order at the right time. And I say that to, to quote a, um, uh, a man that I have a lot of respect for that is a formulator of one of the remedy companies that I use. And, and every you know, I go every year to this big seminar and training that he does with like-minded uh, professionals, and um, and he always talks about the right remedy at the right time, at the right dose, and the right at the at the right order. When we when we do that, um, <clears throat> it restores the body, 
let's put it in a modern language. It reboots the computer. It brings the body back online so it remembers what it's supposed to do. And so that's, and that is God working. You know, God created the roots and the stems and the fruit and the seeds and the bark and, and, uh, and the leaves and all of those have medicinal properties about them um, for restoration of the body. They can be used to restore the body. And so that's how they're used. And there's nothing quacky about that. Um, I like to lecture at churches. If I get an opportunity, I always step up and I say, okay, I want everybody to turn in, in their Bibles to the chapter in Genesis that talks about CVS Pharmacy and Walgreens. And, of course, everybody's got their Bible out, and then in about 40 seconds they realize what I just asked them, and they're all looking at me like they're in the headlights like, what? And I go, exactly. God created in the earth what we need. So you can align yourself with that, or you can align yourself with traditions of man, which is what's formulated in a laboratory. And, you know, the, the enemy makes things almost look like they are, you know, a creation of God or, or of God, and that's what pharmacology is. You know, the word pharmaceutical is a, is a form of the word pharmakia, which is witchcraft. So witchcraft is delusion, illusion, okay? So they take what's in nature and pervert it in a laboratory um, to make it seem like it's going to provide something in the body when in reality it creates more chaos. And what is the chaos? Side effects. And I love these commercials on TV. Take this to eliminate, you know, depression. <laughs> and then they start listing the side effects. It may cause suicide. It may cause... Oh. You know, oh, they go down this whole list of things. I, my wife and I just crack up. Yeah, your nose is going to fall out. Your eyes are going <laughs> to pop out. You're going to lose all your teeth. But you're going to be happy about it. You know? Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, so, so I mean, <clears throat> you know, and, and it amazes me that people... Uh, in the body of Christ will look at what God has created and turn their back on that and line up with what the enemy's created, which is pharmaceuticals, and think that that is, you know, righteousness. Now, <clears throat> let, me say, let me say this, that, I, that doctors serve a purpose. Where I believe that they're at their best is in the ER. So if you're in a, if you're in a, a, a traffic accident, heart attack, you know, break a bone, cut yourself really bad, get shot, whatever, something crisis like that, that's where they shine. But when it comes to restoring the body and helping you maintain health, they don't really have a clue about that. And I say that um, because for 20-plus years in practice, people have come to me with their medical lab tests which say they're normal, and yet they can hardly function. They can't get out of bed. They can't go to sleep. They can't lose weight. They can't gain weight. I mean, there's just all these issues that are going on in their body that when they take the blood test, they fall in the normal range. So, so, so that's what I have to base it on. I have to base it on my clinical experience. Anyway. Oh, my Man, goodness you got me gracious. up today. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm told that I'm good at getting people fired up. That could be good or bad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. It depends on how long, how long you have today. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, Dr. Duncan, I, I want to um, – there's so many places I want to go, and I may have to just go to a second interview at some point if I can ever nail you down again. Uh, oh, we'll do, we'll do it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> but I I want to come back around for a minute now. And 
and uh, just press rewind. Your personal journey to cleansing your bloodline is really powerful. And um, if you don't mind, I would like to give you an opportunity to talk about a few points, maybe, of, of that journey that uh, will okay. help others to understand how you've even slotted your own testimony into how you perceive, you know, helping people and, and so forth. Right. Well, let me, let me preface this by saying that um, everything that I provide in my practice, I have utilized. I utilize in my personal life, even my, my wife and I both do, um, and um, I utilize in my personal life um, or, and on an ongoing basis or have done it at some point. So I'm not some guy just that's read some books and, you know, says, here, do this and you'll feel better. I know from personal experience, I had a brain tumor um, in 2010 that was, or actually 2011 that was discovered that was a byproduct of, um, of um, there was an, a national egg recall in 2010 um, that some bad eggs were put out uh, on the market. And, um, and I consumed them. And um, whereas most of the people that got hit with salmonella got hit with one strand, got really sick. Many wound up in hospitals, the class action lawsuit, all this kind of stuff. I got hit with three strands. Um, I was the lucky guy. Um, and oh, so I was, wow. I spent a year literally in and out of the deathbed, almost died twice. Um, my liver, kidneys almost shut down. Um, hepatitis C came out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I did seek medical intervention, at one point, because just from my training and knowing what I do, um, there was a morning that I was standing in the mirror and I was completely gray and I could smell death on me. I knew that my body was shutting down and crashing. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I was staying at my, my parents' house because I, I literally couldn't function. And, um, and I went and got my mom out of bed and I said, you need to take me to the emergency room. I'm crashing. And so she did. And <clears throat> when they wheeled me in, um, she took me, there was a wheelchair sitting out in the, in the ER driveway and she jumped out of the van and put me in the, uh, wheelchair and wheeled me into the desk and then ran back out to go park the car. And the nurse was sitting at the nurse's station with her back. You know, she was talking to some people when she turned around and saw me, she didn't even ask my name. She called code blue. The doctors told me five doctors actually the next day told me that if I had waited 24 hours that I wouldn't be here. So, because my kidneys and liver and everything were shutting down, so there was a <clears throat> about a three three day uh, medical intervention, uh, and after three days, I got strong enough and conscious enough to 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 pull all the IVs out and tell them I wasn't taking their drugs, and they were demanding that I do biopsies and all this kind of stuff that I was going to die. Um, my argument to them was that none of them look like Jesus, and so until Jesus stands before me and opens his arms and says it's time to come home, I'm not going anywhere. Um, so that really made him mad. Um, but <clears throat> when I first came to the Lord, um, I had, um, um, some people that significant people that were put around me and they started going through my office and I had a lot of idols and a lot of pagan, uh, books and idols, false idols stuff in there. And they were, you know, we were breaking and burning and destroying stuff and, 
And they said, you know, you need to go through inner healing and deliverance. And I kind of chuckled. I thought that was kind of hokey. Um, um, and so one of the one of the spiritual advisors that had been put around me said that, you know, you were a lieutenant in Satan's army, and he's not going to take that lightly that, you, that you've left, and he will come against you. You're going to have a period of grace, but you need to know that he will come against you. And she wasn't. You know, I wasn't being word cursed. Uh, it was just someone that that was very knowledgeable and was, um, you know, laying out what I needed to be needed to pre- prepare for. So I, um, you know, I, I kind of, I'm one of, I'm 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 a skeptic. All right. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I I, <clears throat> I just don't. You know, I don't bite the bullet and believe everything I have. I mean, people contact me all the time, and they've got the latest miracle cure herbal supplement or machine or whatever. And you know, and I'm just not. I just, you know, I'm like, okay, really, proof in the pudding. You got to come in here and let me do my thing on it and put it before the Lord, and we'll see if it's all that. You know, and that's the kind of position I take. But um, so anyway, <clears throat> I I agreed to go through this deliverance thing you know i was i kind of chuckled and i said oh you mean the linda blair experience you know for anybody that remembers that crazy movie but um and uh so and i and i just kind of thought okay well i'll do this because these people have been walking with the lord longer than i have and i have submitted to their counsel and so if that's what they say i need to do i'm going to do it but i need to tell you that i walked into that situation thinking that you know this is all hokey and there wasn't going to be anything to it boy was i (laughs) whoo was I ever wrong about that? So I, my uh, first experience was um, I, my body did things that were humanly not possible when they were exercising these demonic presences out of my spirit and off of me. Um, and the first, the first thing that happened was I was – I had to read. I was asked to read Psalm 51, so I started reading Psalm 51. That was how we we fasted for seven days, and then um, and then uh, there were two uh, ministers that took me through the process, deliverance ministers. And so I, they said, you know, I came in and we prayed, and and they said, okay, so go to Psalm 51 and start reading that. So I did. I read through it. Blah 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 blah. You know, no spirit, no life in my words. I was just kind of going through the motions. And they said, read it again. So I started reading it the second time, and I began to get convicted. <clears throat> the next thing I knew, we were in a, a, a uh, exercise studio. So we were in a room where they did exercise and all those kind of things. It was a pretty big room. Um, I was catapulted from one side of the room to the next within about three seconds, maybe faster than that. I don't know, maybe... I thought that these guys were pushing me across the room when we debriefed six hours later after the first session. (laughs) um, They said that they were trying to catch me because they were afraid I was going to slam into the wall on the other side of the room. I was literally airborne as the demons were leaving me. Um, And right before I got to the other side of the, of the room, um, you know, it was a Holy spirit catch and I was laid down on the floor, and then all kind of stuff started happening from that point. And I, you know, I, just stuff came out of me, and I did and said things that I just, to this day, I'm, I'm appalled by, but now understand the depth of the darkness that can consume people that live in that world. Um, so it was, it was huge. Um, 
the, the next day uh, was that was a Saturday night, so I fasted from Saturday to Saturday, and that Sunday I was supposed to, you know I was going to go to church. I didn't wake up till like ten o'clock in the morning. I was completely wrung out, um, and I, I just couldn't go. But I literally crawled out of my bed, and this is this is not a an exaggeration. It's I'm speaking literally. I crawled on my hands and knees into the living room, and I was just I was just weeping and sobbing. And, and crying out to the Lord and asking for forgiveness for, for the wretched life that I had lived and how I had sinned against myself and man and him. And it was the first time I heard, literally heard a clear, audible voice of the Lord that I knew without reservation was him speaking to me. And he said, you are truly my son. Um, and I will never forget that. And um, <clears throat> so I went through... You know, they said, well, in 30 days, we're going to, you know, we're not done. We need to do more work. So, um, so when 30 days went by, I fasted again and, and we went through the next process and we hit this place where, um, they were not anointed to set me free. Um, and what happened was I, I felt like I had been sliced with a sword diagonally across my body. I literally, my body spiritually felt like I was gashed open and I was in intense pain. And, uh, and I walked around like that for set for a couple of weeks. And, um, and then I went to a conference, uh, in Moravian falls. Uh, it was called setting the captives free. And, um, and, uh, down there, you know, there's open heaven there in Moravian falls and, and, uh, and I sat on the platform and, and, uh, the angels came down and did work on me and Jesus came and did work on me and healed me and restored me, um, <clears throat> through that process. So I began, you know, my grandfather, my dad's father was, a um, he was a Mason. Um, now he was a town barber. He sang in the barbershop quartet, uh, you know, a gospel quartet. He was a deacon of the church. He was a Christian pillar of the community. And he was a Mason. Um, I don't think he was a high level or ever went that high. I, I choose to believe that had he known um, who the Masonic people really are, if he had gotten to that level, that he would have he would have left. Just from my experience of him as a man of God and how I watched him, you know, through the first sixteen years of my life before he passed. However, it doesn't clear us from the bloodline curse okay because he submitted knowingly or unknowingly to um that curse that comes down through that masonic uh organization and um and it affected our family we had 12 grandchildren uh, on my dad's side of the family four of them wound up in addiction and and um and really took the wrath of the curse that came down through the bloodline. Um, so <clears throat> I, uh, went to another ministry, deliverance ministry, um, and began going through, um, the sanctification process, the, the repenting process of, of Freemasonry in the bloodline. I've got native American in my bloodline. So, you know, I went through all of those exercises and went through those inner healings and stuff. And even though I did all of that, there were still things that were happening um, because this is, and this is over a period of time, that I, be, I became more spiritually conscious 
Um, and because of the work that I was doing, things, things were still happening. And so I had um, uh, uh, a patient. It was actually my wife Kim's, uh, one of her uh, spiritual daughters, that I had been working with in the clinic. And um, um, there was some stuff that I saw on her, and I said, you know, I really need you to, to go through our – I had a different deliverance team then, and all they did was deliverance. And I said, you really need to go through this process because, um, because of the things that are going on in your life. And she said, well – I agree with you, but I would rather go to the people that I've worked with before. Um, so I gave her that latitude. I said, sure, let's do that. <clears throat> so about, I saw her about three or four weeks later, and there was a total transformation. I mean, the light around her was incredible. And I said, who did you go see? What is their name? Give me their phone number. I want to go. So it's the team that I use today. We've been using um, these two folks for um, uh, for about five years, I guess now. And, um, they went, they went, their training was initially through one of the deliverance programs that I went to that did solely deliverance casting out. Um, but they began to see people coming back after, you know, six months or nine months and they were in worse shape than they were when they, you know, when they saw them before. Well, you know, the scripture does say you cast out one and seven will return. Um, so, what I, what I learned through that process, which became my process, was that deliverance is, is powerful, but if you don't heal the wounds of the soul, then the flies are going to have a place to land, and the seven will return. So now what we do is we focus on healing the wounds of the soul, um, and so, so that therefore the doors are closed and filled by the blood, and so that people get the true freedom. So... We, I think it's really significant and important to combine those two elements. And I still do work uh, around that. There's still wounds that, that took place, you know, from the way I was raised. Um, it, you know, it's amazing that the words that you speak to a child or words that are spoken to you and how it pierces your heart. And, and though, you know, people will, will, will write it off and say, you know, you know that, that it's no big deal, uh, in truth, um, it is a big deal. I mean, even the scripture says that as a man speaketh or thinketh, depending on the translation, from the heart, so he is, right? And so those wounds are the things that where the enemy can come against us and say, and, and speak to that woundology, if you will, speak the language of that wound to keep us bound. And so, um, so it's necessary, um, in, 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 in where I walk today that, that those two components are brought in. Um, so, so that's, uh, you know, that's my story. And because of the work that I do, um, and the people that I encounter on a daily basis, it's really important for me to, to stay clear as I can and stay as clean as I can. So I still work with, um, you know, with the team that I have, um, and I have a couple other, uh, resources that, that I utilize, um, because from time to time things will come up and I feel like, I've been slimed, and I need to go get get stuff cleared off of me. Well, if I'm slimed, it's because maybe there's a crack somewhere or or something on a deeper level that hasn't been resolved yet. Uh, you know, and Paul says it's up to each man to walk out of salvation day to day, glory to glory. So you know, we're we're not a finished work. Jesus was a finished work. We're not. <laughs> we don't we don't become finished at the cross. The cross is the portal. We begin at the cross, right? Jesus ended at the cross and made it a, a jumping off place for us. 
So, so when we come to the cross and repent, then we've got to walk out our salvation. We have work to do. And, and that's one of the things I talk to, 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 the, to the, our, my patients about is that, look, um, you know, there's, there's hardly, I, I don't know of, of any, and there's maybe one, uh, healing that's listed in the Bible that Jesus did. And, 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 and let's correct that. Jesus never said, I healed you, did he? He said, because of your faith, you're healed, you know? What is it that you want me to do? I want you to do this. And he said, because of your faith, you're healed. Now get up and go. So in, in most all of the miracles that took place that we have biblical record of, when a person was healed, they had to go somewhere. They had to walk somewhere. They had to get up and go. He said, take up your mat and go. You know, go to the springs. Go, go, go in the city. Uh, don't, don't, don't tell anyone. You know, uh, you know so, so, so there is a walk involved even with the miracles that, that Christ created. Uh, which tells us that that's a blueprint for our own healing. That it's a it's a healing journey, you know. Right. Uh, it's not a destination. We don't get to a point. We just keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Um, and uh, that's been my own personal journey. But because I have testimony, and the word says that we, that we are healed by their testimony or by our testimony, um, then I, I share s- snippets of my testimony with people to help them understand that, you know, none of us are exempt. We all have stain. If we didn't have them, there'd be no need for Jesus, right? Um, so um, he, he was the second Adam, but he was the first son of many. So our model is him. And he said, these things I do, you should do greater than I. And one of the things that he said is cast out demons. So we, <laughs> so we still got to do that, right? <laughs> he said, I came oh, to set the captives free, okay? So he came to the religious to set them free because they were bound by uh, by laws that, that could not be accomplished. We couldn't achieve this uh, spiritual, perfected uh, Jewish nirvana uh, that the Sadducees uh, and the Pharisees were throwing down. That was It was an impossible thing to do. And so Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. These things that I do, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, you know, set the captives free. Uh, these things that I do, you shall do, and you'll do them greater than I do. Well, the way that we get that greater anointing is to do our work, right? So, anyway, you know, don't get me started, brother. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, everything you're saying, right, is what we, we've run into. As a matter of fact, you, you've brought up several points that I, I was just blown away by. Uh, one of them was that you... You, you talked about reminding the body or helping the body to remember its inherent capacity, God-given abilities to fight off disease, to heal itself. Yeah. To do, And I, I, I'm just like, you know, my brain is frying right now because it's, this is the interesting thing that we've run into. So so I, I've been on this thing. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, right? May the God of all peace sanctify you wholly. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 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 you can't really read that without concluding. Okay, we are a three part being: spirit, soul, and body. And 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 so we've been really diving into how to you know understand the separate components, but also look at it as one interface. And um, really, what affects the spirit affects the body. What affects the soul can affect the body, and what affects the soul can affect the spirit. Back and forth, all you know, and and one of the things that we've learned to do when we're ministering to the spirit man, 
um, because we get to a lot of the inner healing, the deliverance stuff at Bride Ministries, and I do minister this way all the time. And I find myself, and what the Lord has led us to do is remind the human spirit of things and um, truths of the word, such as, well, you know, so-and-so spirit, remember that you are fire. Why? Because it is written, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord. That's fire, searching all the inward parts. And so there's this thing that happens when the spirit man begins to be reminded of its identity in Christ, its original estate. And there's this empowerment. And we've tracked it. The, the, uh, the spirit will come alive and a person will feel the sensations of being more spiritually aware, empowered, so on and so forth. It's the spirit receives ministry. And I'm saying, whoa, because the same principle you're saying can be applied to the physical body. And I'm just like, wow. You know, anyway, you, you, with that comment, you really got my wheel spinning. Well, so let me say this, that <clears throat> I don't believe it's 100% of the time because there are factors, uh, environmental factors that can, um, and that's probably probably debatable, um, but for the most part, physical dis-ease is a spiritual malady. So, for example, lungs, issues with lungs. That is unresolved grief and drowning in sorrow. Um, so when people have been given the label of lung cancer, um, you know, I automatically know that they are consumed or drowning in grief. And if they don't resolve that, there's a very, there's a higher propensity for them to transcend than there is to continue their walk here on the earth. Um, liver. Uh, resent, unresolved resentment, anger, uh, hostility, um, kidneys, issues with the past, uh, pancreas have lost the sweetness for life. Um, you, you can just go down through the body, um, and there is a spiritual connection to each aspect of the body or organ of the body. And so when they come in and, and you know, they have their little piece of paper and they've been given a label, you know, through the other system, you know, it, I already know that there is a story there that needs to be corrected. And so, <clears throat> whereas the national average for a medical doctor to spend with a patient is seven and a half minutes, my initial uh, consultation uh, with an individual can be anywhere from two to three hours. Because the first thing I ask them when they come in is, tell me your story. Because I want to hear what they say. I want to hear their I want to hear the language of their heart. It's so important to listen to how someone tells their story about how they got to me, because that is part of what's going to be, need to be corrected. I, I have people that come in and say, "Well, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I'm still not healed." Well, you know, I know that they're healed in the spirit, but I also know that there is a dialogue in the soul and in the mind that doesn't line up for what's taking place in the spirit, which is kind of what you're talking about. You know, we talk about spiritual awakening. The awakening aspect of it is not so much in the spirit, but it's in the flesh because we need to line up those elements so that they are, um, they are in, in congruence. And when that happens, 
then the miraculous takes place and transformation takes place. You know, be not transformed to this world, you know, transform your mind. Why do you think that scripture is there? Because if we think from the world view, where are we going to stay? Stuck. God is not in a box. Kick down the walls. If you think you understand him, you are so locked into a wall with a room with no windows that you're not going to see your way out. Because we have but a glimpse of what God is all about. So I tell people, hey, if you, if you wake up in the morning and you see your toes and you know you're looking at your toes, then you've got a whole miracle ahead of you for that day that you can be restored. And so you're, you're, we are not limited. We have unlimited, untapped potential. And our mission is to catch up to what's happening in our spirit, uh, because when we do that, the relationship to the Father, um, and isn't it interesting, we talk about spirit, mind, and body, and you talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, the significance of three, you know, when that, and that's perfect congruence, congruence, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is perfect, perfected congruence. Um, and so that is our model in our body, spirit, mind, and soul. And we can get that congruent, then, oh my word, the, the, the power that comes forth through the glory of God and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that's left for us is unlimited. And that's what I talk about reminding. One of the prayers that I have them pray when they come in is to be restored to the original blueprint, okay, that took place in the garden before the fall. Because how perfected was man? How perfected was Adam and Eve? They could walk with the Father, walk with the Father in the cool of the day and have conversation. Why? Because they were not blemished. Hey, when Moses went up on the mountain, he had to take his shoes off. God said, remove your shoes. You're standing on hallowed ground, okay? The brilliance, the frequency, the, the illumination of God was so bright that Moses couldn't look upon him, and even that caused him to, turn, to age and turn white. But I use those shoes as a metaphor. He had to remove his worldly stains to stand in a hallowed place, and that is what we're called to do. We have to take our shoes off. We have to transform our mind. We have to rise up to a spiritual place and a spiritual congruence of mind, body, and soul in order to walk in a greater presence to enter into the temple. The outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies requires us to go through fire, to be processed, to, to be corrected so that we can move and engage Father in a, in a greater way, in a greater place. It's just, so, am yeah. it's just amazing. And you know this, rock this, and roll, huh? yeah, this is roll. rock and roll, man. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I'm thinking is, folks, how much would you like to know that your medical professional had Doctor Duncan's philosophy on life? I mean, come on, like, and I, you know, I, I, I want to say this, Doctor Duncan. To me, it's very clear you are a forerunner. Um, you are a forerunner because I believe it is in the heart of God to revolutionize medicine and the way that the that that we heal our bodies and pursue health um as his children it, it just is so clear to me that god has a better way and um you are tapping into that and i you know i'm, I'm just so excited as a matter of fact 
I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, all right, there's a few more questions I want to ask you, such as your opinion on prescription medication and antidepressants. I want to know about your supplements, how and why, and I want to get back into frequencies because you brought that up. We were not able to fully explore frequency of the body, frequency of supplements, frequencies of all stuff. And then you said, uh, well, these chemtrails in the air, checkerboarding, people are going to come in with colds and sniffles, and you obviously have some knowledge of geoengineering and its impact on the body. You brought up the blood type diet, couldn't get there. I'm going to have to just say this. If I can get you again real soon, we're going to have to do it because we cannot fit it all into one program. And so, go ahead. Make your notes, and let's pick a date. Uh, probably in January, and uh, and I'll commit to a, a, a date in January. I'll look at my calendar, and we'll do part two, and we'll address all of those things as a follow-up to this. Folks, let me tell you something. Uh, Dr. Stephen Duncan is the founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers. He's actually here in Plano, Texas. The phone number for their offices is 972-596-5055. It would be worth it, in my opinion, if you were really looking to explore some things, to fly out and visit him. Um, and for those of you that are in the Texas area, give him a phone call. Uh, it, depending on when you hear this interview, if this is in 2018, their website will probably be available. Uh, Houseofgilead.com. Right now, it's not as of the recording of this program. But, um, you know, Dr. Duncan, I just want to honor you. I want to say thank you. And I just bless you for taking some time out of your busy life to join me for this program. Well, thank you, Dan. It's been a real honor. And, um, and you know, I, I want to give you props, too, because, man, I, I know the work that you do and what you're involved with. And, and you and your, your new, uh, young, sweet wife have had the pleasure of meeting, meeting her. And uh, so I just want to, you know, I just want to bless you and in, in your journey and just uh, declare that, uh, the Lord is going to provision you both to continue your ministry and continue your work, um, and uh, and that you're going to be able to uh, touch many lives and reach uh, many people through uh, through your ministry. So uh, it's really an honor to be with you today, and I look forward to uh, to a follow up. Definitely, amazing folks. That's it for today. You're going to have to look forward to part two. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.